Scanning. Identity authorized. Welcome to the Secret Superhero Club Podcast Network. Welcome to the Animation Station Podcast, your home for discussions and debates about all things animation. Each week, we'll rank, review, and revel in animated shows from yesterday and today, and from around the world. So grab your acne slingshot, set your mobile suit to autopilot, and put on your mouse ears. The Animation Station Podcast begins now. It's 8.45 right now. You're an old man in, like, Middle Ages years. Yeah. So, I live in Ooh. the Middle Ages. Frosty Coca-Cola just got popped open. <laughs> Ooh, that sounded delicious and refreshing. I was so disappointed... I drink it like that, it gives me the burpees. ...the other night when we went to the theater... To see Moana, and I found out that that theater doesn't have Coca-Cola. I'll take a Jack and Coke. Like, we don't have Coke. Is Pepsi okay? No. No. I just, I just <laughs> like this. Like, you're like, no, it's not. It's not okay. I, I don't understand that question. Um, clearly, you're either Coke or Pepsi. You're, I, I, didn't, you're not I didn't say a Jack and Pepsi. Well, first of all, I didn't say Jack and Coke. I said rum and Coke. Bacardi so, and Coke, Bacardi and Coke, whatever. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, Josh. Is it, is it alcohol and Coke? Yes, it's, it's yeah, alcohol. Yeah, no, it's not the same because you put tequila in Coke and it's gross. No, you put the lime in the Coke, you nut. <laughs> Welcome to episode wow. 18. <laughs> that was a beautiful segue. Yeah. Welcome to episode 18 of the Animation Station podcast. He's Josh. I'm Gavin. I'm Speck. Oh, yeah, Speck. I forgot. You're so forgettable, Speck. Master, forget Speck's name. <laughs> So, episode 18, this is a biggie. It's our Beauty and the Beast episode. Yeah, featuring our Beauty and the Beast giveaway. I'm sorry, I've, I've got the burpees with the coat. You it's gave okay, me the man. burpees, Gavin. It's okay, man. That, that caffeination. Ah, uh, okay. So, let's see. Today is Black Friday. Yep, as we record. We Black watched Friday. Moana on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Be sure and go listen to that spoiler-free Moana episode, Yep. and let us know if you guys want us to have a spoiler episode, and we can tell you exactly every scene that Josh did not like. Every single scene. It wasn't and that he many can tell scene, you, And actually. he can tell you the scenes that Josh did like. Josh really yeah. only like didn't like one scene. Right, right. But that was a major scene for him. Yeah. And what he thinks could have been better. Indeed. So we watched Moana, and we enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time. We had a good time talking about it afterwards. And tonight we watched Beauty and the Beast. We did. Uh, and I'm excited go... to get into that, because it's the 25th anniversary, so it's kind of a major deal. And we're doing our giveaway, which you'll have to stay tuned until the very end of the episode to find out if you won. But uh, we're doing that. And uh, before that, Josh, we got a little something we're going to talk about? Some news? Yes, we got some, some, we got some, some news. tidbits, some items? Um, not a whole, whole bunch came out this week. Um, we did get a release date for Coco. Yes, I saw that. Which is going to be November 22nd, mm-hmm. 2017. Right. 
We still only have that one. Yeah, we just have a logo, basically, right? We have that. Yeah, we have the logo, and I think we have like one image. Oh, I haven't of, like, seen him any with like, a guitar. Oh, really? I think. Oh, I haven't seen that. But there's a guitar there. There may not be a guitar. I don't know. I could be getting my hmm. things mixed up. But I think there's like one image that okay. they've released. Cool. Um, and like, yeah, like I said, all we know with that one is uh, the movie is going to be in color. Because right. <laughs> I assume, considering the logo is in color. color. Yeah. Um, we did also have the mid-season finale of Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Oh, Josh, how, you, how are you hanging in there? And the fandom lost their Goram minds, they Gavin. sure did, according em. to you. Yeah. I'm not going to spoil <laughs> it, because it hasn't been two weeks. Right. But if you're on Instagram, it's been spoiled. It was spoiled day of. Wow. So, traumatic events happening on Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Yeah, I know. People, people were don't... you traumatized, or were you no, like, because... eh, okay, here's I, am, the thing. I am worried. I'm 27, so, and I know I'm <laughs> He's watching... a man! I'm a man! <laughs> I'm 27. Can't really do a Mike Gundy, but <laughs> not 40 yet. You're, you can do it. You can be a I'm man I'm not there 40. yet. Be quiet. Keep going. Um, But yeah, it's one of those, I've been around the block. I know how, like, these love story season things go. Mm -hmm. Whenever characters you know have like a tension mm -hmm. between each other mm -hmm. and then one of them gets a date uh -oh. and then the other one doesn't either and the other one likes the other one and they're beginning to realize their feelings and starting to get jealous and it's like oh no is he this is this a zach morris ac slater kelly kapowski kind of a scenario time going out, on guys. Here? <laughs> time. see you ruined the time nice. out because you started laughing sorry it was funny if you'd be like huh it was funny. I'm and then sorry. I'm like, time in. And then you start laughing again. It would have worked. Yes. But yeah, it's it's one of those. You just gotta wait. Like the the whole uh, Marco and Jackie thing. It's not gonna last. Don't worry about it, guys. I'll be your counselor. <laughs> Come I'll to be, Josh. I'll be Doctor Josh, PhD. Lay on the cartoon couch. Yeah. And, and we should, let your we problems should, flow we should free. Have, we should have a call-in segment where we call it the cartoon couch. <laughs> and you can call in and be like, oh, so what's bugging you in your fandom right now? Right. Uh, I think we should do that. Okay, you're going to be Dr. Josh and you're going to run that segment. That's totally fine. Okay. Um, everybody. Just... And it's going to be called, just call you on your cell phone. Yeah, uh, my number. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, watching this and I keep thinking... And you haven't watched Star yet. You've watched the first episode. The first episode, first yes, episode. which I thought was delightful. Um, I'm hoping maybe we get a little bit of a crossover. Because Between that and what? Gravity Falls. Seriously? Because they're kind of in the same universe. Because like, uh, they're both on Disney XD? They're both on Disney XD, so that helps. But Marco <laughs> has a several times sticker in his locker. Really? Yeah. And in this last episode, Bomb Bomb the Birthday Clown, there's a picture of the Mystery Shack. No way. Yeah, it's it's you know it doesn't say Mystery Shack. It's like you haven't got there yet. What I if can't this spoil is anything. like uh, what if this is like uh, an Avengers scenario where they're doing these solo movies to build up to a big <laughs> blockbuster ensemble cast movie? So this ensemble cast movie is gonna be Star vs. the Forces of Evil. Gravity Falls, Sophia the First, The Lion Guard, <laughs> and Jake and the Neverland Pirates all together. Yes. Epic force, that would be, man. That would be the... Wait, is Sophia on XD? 
I don't know. It's Disney, though. I don't think she's on XD. Lion Guard's not on XD. It's well, then, just, those it's don't, I'm just talking about the Pines family and Star oh, Marco. Oh, XD people? Um, that's the only one. I don't know anything else that's yeah. on. I think there's a peanut butter jelly thing or a peanut. I don't know. <laughs> peanut with a headband. The thing that kind of looks like gumball. Interesting. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's all right. Because uh, you're an old man. What else you got? That's all I got. Wait. It's all my news. The biggest thing of all happened this week, Josh. I died a little inside. The Cars 3 teaser came out this week. I died a little inside. You neglected to mention it in your news segment. Yeah, because it's not news. Because uh, you went on about it, you interrupted the Moana podcast to be like, Josh Kane, Josh Kane, Josh Kane, the Cars, it was big. Ah. <laughs> you did that. You already got your chance. It, it wasn't an interruption. It was a sidebar, and it was delightful. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it was. Okay. Go ahead. Talk so, about talk about your cars. Lightning. No, and, no, I'm done. Lightning that's race just, car. That's it. There's nothing and, to talk about and yet. The tow truck thing. And no, no, the we're good. Car that's dead. Spoilers. <laughs> you spoiled that for me. I didn't know Doc died. Whatever. You, I did. I didn't see Cars too. We're gonna watch both of those see, movies. And I didn't see planes before we see. And I didn't see planes too. Okay, they don't really have anything to do with cars at all, but. With the, with the exception that Mater was in, like, the teaser trailer announcing the movie. But they really don't have anything to do with Cars. I know. I own both of them. All right. So, Gavin, <laughs> tell us what we're going to be talking about today. Well, as mentioned already, we're going to be talking about Beauty and the Beast. And it was... When was the anniversary? Was it Wednesday? I can't remember. This week was the 25th anniversary of the release of this movie. It was also today, as we're recording, is the Aladdin. anniversary of Aladdin. That and one then I cared about. Yesterday, I think it was Tangled's anniversary. So there's been a lot of movies released by Disney around Thanksgiving. Yeah, capitalize on Thanksgiving. It's a big, it's a big weekend. A lot of them end up being holiday it's releases. And then in the 90s, a lot of them were summer, summer. releases, like starting with Lion King, Lion King I think, summer. was summer, and then summer a bunch of the ones following were summer releases. But anyway, Beauty and the Beast, 25 years old, that uh, makes me feel old, because I remember very well going to the theater and seeing that a couple times. Did and you get an adult ticket or a matinee ticket? I mean, a child's ticket. I probably was, well, I don't know where the cutoff is. Where's the cutoff? Uh, it's like 13. Um, well, this was 1992, so that was the year that I was 13 going on 14, so there you go. Yeah. Well, no, you would have been 14. Cause you're oh, when this came out, yeah, I would have been 14, oh, you're right. Oh, you were an adult. Yeah, you adult. An adult ticket. I'm old. Aww. And I do remember that the first time I went and saw it, I saw it with some friends and with my friend and his family. And there was some malfunction with the projector for about the first 30 seconds. So the whole, like, stained glass window scene is all we missed. And they let us just stay and watch it again right after because of that malfunction. So on opening day, I watched it twice in the theater, twice in a row. So I thought that was pretty cool. Wait, they just wanted you to stay for the opening scene they probably wanted you to get out after that so you, nah. you saw a movie for free you were a little line hopper i would uh, have thrown you out i was just following my friend's mom 
she said we had permission to do it. So she she really did. The theater never actually gave her permission. She was just like, "We're just gonna see it again." That's hilarious. <laughs> that that could have been, but in my little kid mind, or manly fourteen year old mind, I remember okay. thinking, "Cool, we scored another watch." It was awesome. So anyway, twenty five years have gone by, and this movie has become legendary. And many of the people who worked on it have become legendary. And, um, you know, just looking at the, the crew and even the cast, it, it's, it's pretty epic looking back. At the time, it wasn't necessarily known how big a lot of these people would be. But um, so like we said, it came out and it actually came out in 91. Um, so, yeah, I would have been 13. I said 92 a minute ago, but that was Aladdin. Oh, well. 91, so 13. Anyway, nobody cares. So, movie is directed by Gary Truesdale and Kirk Wise. The um, producer, executive producer is Howard Ashman, who also shared music duties with Alan Menken. Menken and Ashman, obviously the famous songwriting duo that gave us the songs for Aladdin, gave us um, some work on... Uh, obviously, they did um, Little Mermaid. They did the musical Little Shop of Horrors together. They're amazing. Sadly, Howard Ashman died eight months before this movie came out. Oh. So he did not get to see it in its final version. He saw like pre-finished versions of it. But um, tragically, he passed away eight months before the release. So this movie was actually dedicated to him in the closing credits. I don't know if you saw that or if no, we stopped we, it by we then. Stopped it. Yeah, because we wanted to listen to Moana songs, so we did yeah. that. Because um, we he didn't want to listen to Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson. I like Celine Dion yeah. in, in the Titanic song. Yeah, and my she's heart good. Will go on. That's mm-hmm. like the only one. That was actually one of her first big domestic hits. Was the cover of Beauty and the Beast on this movie. So it was one of the things that helped propel her to get her out of Canada. American stardom, indeed. Yes. Um, okay, so talking more about legendary people who worked on this movie, um, animators. The list of animation names on this is epic to say the least. I'm just going to name a few of the most famous ones, the people who are well-known still today in animation circles. So obviously Glenn Keane, the, probably the greatest animator of our time. I don't know. I think a lot of people would rank him up there. He did Little Mermaid. He did The Beast. He did Pocahontas. He did Aladdin. Um, he did like so many iconic characters, and they're all just exquisitely is done. That what, is that what you guys call it in your circles? Is it like... What? Is it like uh... San Francisco, you just call what it the mean? Beast. So the it's beast? not Beauty and the Beast. You said it's the Beast. No, he like he city. was the character animator for the Beast. Just the Beast. He just didn't the do Beast. Be- he didn't do Bell. No, somebody else did Bell. But who did Chip? I have no idea who did Chip. Oh. Who did the dog? Quiet down, spec. Who did the dog? Auto? Okay. Um, also working on this film are such animators as Andreas Deha, James Baxter, Will Finn, both Tony and Tom Bancroft. Aaron Blaze, um, James Coleman worked on Backgrounds. He's a now famous Disney fine artist. Uh, Mark Henn worked on this. Lisa Keen worked on this. The, the list goes on and on and on. The, the name, I was reading through the names, and I was like, I could go, I could list dozens of people that are just, they're basically legendary in animation circles now. And a lot of them were 
in many ways cutting their teeth on this movie. A lot of them were young and just starting out in the industry and, you know, went on to do all those great movies that we did in the 90s. Yeah, man, they're awesome. And if you guys aren't listening to their podcast, you need to tune in because it's it's great. Check them out on Instagram, too. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Uh, Okay, so it also features the very first uh, screenplay written by a woman for a Disney feature animated film. Uh, the final screenplay was done by Linda Wolverton, so that was significant. It's also the first animated film ever to get the Oscar nomination for Best Picture. It did not win, but it was nominated. You know, that's that a pretty impressive thing. Ninety-one? I don't. I don't remember what won that year. Do you, Josh? I was three. I don't know. I didn't know if maybe you were like a film buff and you knew all the awards. No, see, my thing is, I know, like, if I see a movie once, I'll more than likely remember it, mm-hmm. but I don't know, like, what wins anything. I, yeah. I The only thing I remember is, I think, uh, at one point, the third Lord of the Rings had, like, the most wins out of any movie Yeah, they're ever. probably all special effects and Pretty technical. Pretty much. And, no, nobody and, was and up for got, best actor well, in well, Lord they got, of the Rings. Well, I, I don't know, probably Vigo. <laughs> Um, I doubt it. But, yeah, it's one of those, like, they got snubbed the first two. So they were like, well, it's the last <laughs> one, and they made a lot of money. Uh, they're super popular. Awards! Awards. awards! Here you go. Best orc army goes to... Uh, dude, <laughs> leave the orcs alone, man. Sorry. Um, anyway, so this movie, there's a lot, of, a lot of, like, things that happen in the production of this movie as far as... Um, historical momentous animation things so this was kind of the fledgling relationship between disney and pixar is happening at this point pixar is kind of just finding their footing up to this point they're doing mostly commercials and you know some short films for exhibition but they're not really so are they doing a lot of the 3d stuff yeah that's what they do yeah so so are they the ones that are responsible for that awesome scene well with the they're, chandeliers they're ones yeah and the dancing yes that scene was provided by pixar the, the awesome the set for that scene was provided by pixar yes okay so um as pixar began building this relationship with disney one of the things they did and which was used on this movie and it was used on rescuers down under for the first time is they provided them this software called CAPS. And what CAPS did was basically allow them to use computers to simulate um, a, a greater range of color and shading. It helps them simulate the multiplane camera effect, which you know Disney pioneered um, back in the day, mm-hmm. and which gives it that you know depth where you have the different layers. And um, it allowed them to actually combine 2D elements with 3D elements, which, back to that ballroom scene, allowed them to seamlessly integrate, you know, the two dancing figures into that CG scene. So, um, you know, it was a really big deal because it really kind of formed what became that ongoing relationship of Disney and Pixar and, uh, you know, has really changed the world of animation after that and we all know what pixar went on to do so um yeah i mean there's just so many legendary things about this movie and you know it has really in a lot of ways stood the test of time walt toyed with ideas of doing beauty and the beast 
right after Snow White. So it is another one kind of like Frozen where as back as far as the 30s they were thinking about doing and it just never kind of came to fruition until the 90s. But it finally did when they finally went back to fairy tales starting with Little Mermaid and I'm glad they did. It's an what, epic piece. Uh, what killed it again? Oh, it was, it was, it Sleeping, was Sleeping, Beauty. Beauty. Sleeping Beauty. Sleeping Beauty was a financial failure for them so they went away from fairy tales for many many years. From 59 all the way to 89. Man. So, Josh Kane, you want to talk about Beauty and the Beast? Sure. Whatever. Get excited, man. I can't. You can't I, get excited about talking about animation? Well, not this animation. But you, this animation didn't look good. Okay. I mean, Expound, it, it's, it's please. One of, it, going back, it, it is a thing of the times. How so? It. There are a lot of parts, especially with Belle. Mm-hmm. That didn't look very, like it looks like the animation style, like the the art on it changed. Like her face, there were a mm-hmm. couple scenes where her face wasn't the exact same as the way it had been in a previous scene, and she's doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Like when she goes and whisks Beast away, and they're gonna right. they go, I don't know, do start dancing or something mm-hmm. and she's just like Arr! it looks just so weird her <laughs> face just doesn't look right i think it's her mouth yeah that's i to her, me it's, it's a it's, bit it doesn't work her mouth changes yeah i i agree i i that's think that's probably what it is and when i think of her mouth like that includes her jawline and like all the yeah way, her, her face lips change thickness quite dramatically several times and her mouth shape in general throws off the shape of her face several times there are moments where Belle is exquisitely beautiful and i think she's a great looking princess but i i i actually noticed the same thing when i watch Belle. that's to me the the inconsistent main character now and i feel like her face does not always work beast beast still looks ba Watching this, like, I don't think I've seen this movie since I was probably six or seven. Mm-hmm. But like, when did it come out on VHS? I mean, probably '92. Came out in the theater in '91, and well, I don't know. I don't think VHSs are like they were back then. It probably came out in like '93, '94. No, I think it they took would a come bit out. Longer, they right? would come out within a year. I mean, it would usually be a full year, but they would come out. Oh. Yeah. Well, anyway, I, I just remember getting it on VHS and then watching it on VHS when I was a youngin, mm-hmm. and just like, oh, well, the Beast looks cool, but I don't really care for Belle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I can see Still a little bit Gaston. of that. Gaston is He's awesome, man. I, I think I his character design is I, great. Who's, who's his sidekick? LeFou. LeFou. Do they just base uh, Olaf off LeFou? I mean, because they look extremely similar. I guess like if you, if you they did a, have the, if you did the a same side by side teeth, of Olaf and LeFou, no. and the way they act, almost the voice too. The voice almost too. Well, interestingly enough, the guy that voices Olaf, Josh Gad, yeah. is playing LeFou in the new yeah, live-action yeah. movie. So you may be on to something there, but I don't, I don't know. I, I don't think the... looks-wise they're that similar. Well, yeah, besides one the of them's buck a teeth. snowman and one of them's a human. Well, they're both super short and they both have buck teeth, but that's it. I mean, LeFou is like a sycophant. He's a, you know, he's, you know, Gaston's yes man. 
Olaf is just kind of a mindless, well, per- wandering, that, person- hilarious that's, snowman. That's personalities. I'm saying on the looks. Oh. If you yeah, were to turn Olaf into a human, he'd probably look like Lefou. No. No, Lefou is Let much rounder. Let us know what you guys he's, think of the He's comments. based on spheres, and Olaf has that weird, long, tall head. Yeah, no. Like, no. Uh, all the uh, ancillary characters in this are fantastic. Like Maurice? Lumiere? Oh, the oh the furniture. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, like uh, Lumiere, Cogsworth, mm-hmm. Mrs. Potts, Chip, mm-hmm. Dog, um, <laughs> Ottoman Dog. Ottoman Dog. <laughs> we had another awesome Disney horse. Yeah. Philippe. Yeah, Philippe was cool. He's like a big Clydesdale. He's and huge. And Gaston's horse looked menacing. <clears throat> that big, huge, it. black. Oh yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's it. That whole kill the beast segment is yeah. impressive. I like it. Um, I like the armoire. Yeah, she was good. She's great. She's good. Do you th- do we know who's playing her? Because Ellen could totally um, be her voice. Oh, awesome. in the new movie, I don't yeah. know who's playing her. I don't even know if she's gonna be in it. I Ellen. mean, I would assume it should be Ellen. Okay. Yeah. Cast it. That'd be cool. Do it. Make it happen. I'll call. Uh, who's in charge of Disney now? Bob Iger is still in charge still, of Disney. Yeah. He's on his way out. Who's gonna be? Yeah, in like 2018. Gonna be Lasseter. <laughs> Uh, I would not be totally shocked, but I kind of would be shocked. I think he wants to stay on the creative side. Is it going to be you, Gavin? No, could it no, be I, you? I couldn't do that. That's too big of a job for me. Oh, I man. could be that guy's assistant, though. Yeah, hey, if you guys are hiring down to Disney, I am a mean secretary. <laughs> I mean, you want your calls, I will get your coffee. Nice. Um, but yeah, like I liked all those characters. Yeah, Belle was a hit and miss for me. Mm-hmm. Um, she, there's, there, like you said, there's a couple scenes where she's, you know, pretty good, and then there's a couple scenes where she's just, it just does, it doesn't fit, like, mm-hmm. she, she's just weird. She does that classic overacting princess thing. She is a little dramatic, like, and more than most she princesses. she doesn't listen. She's also not a princess. Well, all of, well, she she's ends a, up being She's a, a poor peasant girl. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they all... They all go off and do something. Like Jasmine runs away from the palace. Ariel freaking leaves the ocean. I mean, they all go do something they're not supposed to do. That kind of compels the story. It drives yeah. the story. But it's like, okay, do one thing. Don't do one thing. Don't go to yeah, the West Wing. It's classic. Don't go see Michael Sheen. It's classic. Don't go see Rob Lowe. Just leave him alone. It's That's... the tree of knowledge of good and evil, man. It's yeah. the one thing you can't touch. What do you want to touch? The one thing you can't and then touch. And then Lumiere and Cogsworth are like, books, books, we got books. Come here, yeah. we got books. And she's like, oh, I like books. And then she goes and she's like, but, but wait. I like, but I like forbidden fruit more. And Girls. Then, then, he, then he does that whole thing. He's like, like, she's arguing with him. And I'm like, like when he gets his cut, uh-huh. and she's like, well, you should have been this. And he's like, well, you did this. And he's like, well, you should have been like this. He's like, well, you went to the West Wing. He's like, well, you have an anger problem. It's like. You still broke the rules. Yeah, to be fair, his anger was justified in that moment. Yes. Maybe he didn't need to flip out as much as he did, but he was justified in being angry. Yeah, but, you know. As the warden. As the warden. <laughs> so, um, yeah, on, on the the note of character design, I think the main characters are all really well designed in this movie. I think there are a couple of issues of consistency with that design style but it's not much i think the main characters 
all look pretty good. I, I, I agree with you that there are issues with Belle's face in many scenes, but I have a big problem with all of the extra townsfolk that they put in because it looked like very little effort was made to do anything with them, and they stuck a lot of them in Dude, there. In the, and maybe in, it was just because they tried to stick so many that they couldn't put any what's, you know, what's time that, and effort into them. What's that one? Uh, what was the very first song, the Bonjour song? I think it's called Bonjour. Okay. Um, when she, like, I think it's like when she, like, grabs hold of the carriage uh-huh. and she's on the carriage. Yes. There's a character, wa- there's yes. a woman. Walking and you're towards like, the screen, and, like, and the carriage really? driver actually sings out to and that she's, character. And she says... Good day, and yeah. it's like whoa. And it looks like it's from a really cheap, like Saturday morning cartoon. Yeah, it's like, like what did they forget this? to like yeah. put the finishing touches on you? Yeah, so I find all those characters distracting. I don't like the scenes when we're in the town, except for the tavern scene where they sing that song about Gaston. That scene, both is of his songs are my awesome. favorite scene in the whole movie. It is so well done. I love it. Yeah, I think that scene's delightful. It's it gives good. you everything you need to know about. Gaston, which you you pretty much gather by that point anyway, but it just kind of drives it home. Is like, he in the parks? Gaston, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. Wanna, All the girls Gaston. swoon over Gaston. Oh, the Josh sure. will swoon over yeah? Gaston, too. Okay, I want to get pictures of that. That's hilarious. Like, Can I feel your muscles? It, they have, like, built-in muscles oh, in the costume. awesome. That's perfect. <laughs> so no matter who it is, he looks burly and brawny, just like Gaston. Should, oh, when we go, I'll, I'll get a shirt made that says, I heart Gaston, and I'll get a picture with Gaston. I like it. Um, I like it. Music-wise, the music in this, like, I, growing up, I've heard all these songs. I've heard these songs over and over. Sure. They don't really get old. I agree. They're pretty timeless. Um, there, there had been some that I had forgotten about, mm-hmm. but listening to it, like, I hadn't heard that Gaston, like, mm-hmm. the, but when we're now watching it, and I'm like, one. yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> fights with Gaston. Yes. Yeah, and he's like, fights with Gaston. I was like, hey, I remember this song. Yep. It's it's good stuff, man. You know the the original production of this movie was totally scrapped. They had they had been well into production when Jeffrey Katzenberger came in and you know basically saw the progress and said, "No, we're scrapping this." And he's the one that said, "This needs to be like a Broadway style musical." You know they had had that incredible success with Little Mermaid, and he's like, "We need to continue this. We need to." keep going you know strike while the iron's hot and that's when they really told Mankin and Ashman you gotta give this a musical punch and man they really delivered you know they came in and you know created iconic songs the the Be Our Guest song yeah that's like straight out of Broadway man I mean it's like it's it's perfect it's a great song and then all those the that's the Bonjour song is very Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really all of them. I mean, it, it just has that musical feel to it. I, I definitely consider Beauty and the Beast a musical. And interestingly enough, it was the very first movie, Disney movie, to be turned into a Broadway musical in New York, um, which started a long tradition of that happening. What, what came out after, uh, after, after Beauty and the Beast? Aladdin. So after Another Aladdin. Another musical. After Aladdin was Lion King, okay. another musical. Not as heavy. Not as heavy, but I can I still consider it a musical. Yeah, I, I think that still has the best music to movie ratio is Lion King. You like that? Yes. Yeah. I, I like it. I like it. And um, we'll expound upon that in our top five. 
Yes, we will. But mm-hmm. um, so we we both agree on this one. The music, yeah, music is top notch. It's very spot good. on. I think this was my like runner up on herbal mention when we picked our Disney soundtracks. Yeah, it was real close for what me. Was our, what was our number one? It was Hercules. It was Hercules. Yeah, that's right. It was Hercules. You mean Hercules? <laughs> Bless my soul. Oh, anyway, um. So I, I want to talk oh, a little bit about the we talked about the character look, but I want to talk about the the set design and the background, the layout, and all that because I think it's beautiful. Can I talk about that now? Mm-hmm. You sure? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you're gonna ask me something, and I'm gonna make you mad. So. No, I'm not gonna ask you anything. I'm gonna talk. Oh. Okay. So one of the one of the cool things that Disney does on all of their uh, feature animated films is they do research ahead of time. And what they did on this movie is their um, flew to France. Their creative heads, yes, they went to France and they studied specifically the paintings of Romantic uh, Rococo painters Fragonard and Boucher. Now, if you remember on our Tangled episode, we talked about Fragonard, and he—he's uh, the one that did the uh, girl swinging. Yes, yeah. good job, Josh Kane. He can and, be taught. Uh, and Boucher kicked the football right <laughs> no Fouché is another <laughs> uh, romantic painter of a similar ilk but it's very interesting because about. glenn Keane, you know was a lead animator on both projects and in both of them he channeled fragonard which i think is very fascinating and so they studied this genre of french painting and what i love about this movie is i love looking at the backgrounds because so many of those scenes they're just paintings they're just beautiful artistic paintings they're not cell like crisp cell animation style ink painting they're like color washes and they look like oil paints and you know just broad strokes indicating trees and tree branches and i just think it's really beautiful it gave it a a wonderful texture and warmth and you know i think the most um striking scene is when Gaston shows up at Belle's house and he's got the band out front and they're going to play a little song yeah, that's, when he that's, that's where you walks her out that. after he proposes. Yeah, all it's like this park-like atmosphere out around their house and you see all these beautiful trees and the sunlight just pouring down upon them. And I just think it's, it's wonderfully done. I, I, I love things like that that Disney does. They're not afraid to give you different textures and different art forms when they're presenting something like this, they're not going to always dumb it down to, Oh, it's no, it's gotta be cartoon trees. You know, they can do very painterly things in the background and it comes off beautifully. And I think that is one of the things that makes this movie a, a real classic. Nice. Nice. Indeed. Um, talking about going, going back a little bit to the characters. Mm-hmm. I have some, some questions. Okay. Trying to, trying to, present this so i don't seem like that much of an idiot but some of these characters they're confusing to me because some had faces and some didn't no yes (laughs) that confuses me yes but here's the here's the thing is everybody in the beast's castle are they like all of those dishes and everything were they all humans yeah it's not explicitly explained this like, is this is what I feel. I feel like the ones that had faces and voices were actual servants of the prince in his castle that were cursed along with him. The rest is just enchantment. So when you have 
you know, so many plates with faces, okay, they are probably kitchen staff. But then the rest of the plates are just enchanted plates, and they can fill the dancing scene. Well, because I, I only ask because there's the like, the only the reason it made me even think about it was when uh, Mrs. Potts takes Chip to the cupboard, uh-huh. and she's like, "Go in with your brothers and sisters." And I was looking at like all those cups have eyes that are like closed. Right. And I was like, "Wait, are those are those all kids?" And what happened to Chip? What happened to him? He got dropped. Apparently, does he have like <laughs> brain damage now? What happened to Chip? I, I yeah. and and here's another thing: Did Beast like? Cause he broke a lot of furniture. Yeah. Did he maybe? You break ever think some he stopped servants? to think? Oh wait, is this somebody I know? Yeah, before I smash it. Has <laughs> he done that before? Probably. Is he, is he like? like breaks a chair and was like oh maurice that's what i thought when in that first scene when you go into the west wing yeah, and it's all dark poor... and it's just crushed furniture and, everywhere and, and there's that poor chair and he just yeah. like takes it and throws it and, across and, and i like, thought oh that, the is humanity it does look like happened? some major potential carnage happened in that room but again i think most of the furniture, plates, accessories, things, if they don't have faces or voices, they're just enchanted objects. Plate, okay, plates and sense. objects. I think it's really just there's a limited staff that works at the castle, and, and we met all of them. Unless, like, at the end, were all of those staff? Um, at the yeah, end? I well, think that's like, more was... likely, you know other people involved in celebrating them it's and like none of those the people, castle doors are the, open because like he's found were more townspeople who knows i mean they don't all none of them look all the well, same well the townspeople and... look stupid they really do don't they yeah they look dumb <laughs> i mean there's but even in the town man i don't know if you looked at the buildings and the street and just the textures on all of those environments were so well done that's what I end up looking at in those scenes because all the townsfolk are just like, eh. And they're not like in their very next movie in Aladdin. They do it so much better because like all the people those in Frozen because the people in Frozen look stupid too, like the townsy yeah. people. They look they look dumb. Yeah, I I think it's probably at some point got to become a priority for the production of a movie like this, and at some point they're saying okay. We either need to just nail these townspeople because they're an important focal point, or these townspeople are just background anyway, and we're not going to worry about them that much. And I think in different movies, they make different choices, where in Aladdin, I thought they did it a lot better, because a lot more of them come into the story and interact directly with the main characters than they do in this. Yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I, yeah... Again, that's that's one of the things that I don't like about this movie. There there are very little, there is very little that I don't like about it, but that's one of them. And so, like I said, I look at the backgrounds instead during those scenes because they're exquisite. And I have another problem with Gaston. Oh, like, what? Don't let him hear you say that. No, no, here's my problem with Gaston. He wants Belle, and I'm like, brah. <laughs> Like, you've seen her face. Her face doesn't work all the time. Like, her, her mouth's all over the place. Her lips are weird. Just stay away from her. Now, you have the, what are they called in Hamilton? The Skylar sisters? He's got the Skylar yeah. triplets over here. Yeah, the blonde that triplets. That are like, oh, Gaston. Mm-hmm. And like, bro, yeah. three for the price of one. 
Yeah. That one doesn't like you, and you're trying hard. You've gotten muddy like three times. <laughs> so true. Just forget her. <laughs> Go after those three. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably, a better, that's probably a better deal for him. Definitely a better deal than he got, because he plummeted to certain death. Maybe. No. There was, there was a river down there. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast, too. Gaston gets up, and he's like, God! <laughs> you see the hand climb up out of the yeah. edge of the river and grip the shore. This, is a very, this was also a very bloody Disney movie. There was actual blood in it, yes. Twice. And, and that makes it pure carnage on the Disney scale. Mm-hmm. Can you think of another Disney movie, Disney uh, animated movie, with blood? Well, you said movie, and I couldn't think of a movie. I think of a show. Yeah, no, I'm talking about Disney feature films. I'm trying to think. Um, Surely there is somewhere, but I can't think of one. I mean, there's got to be. Yeah, I can't yeah, think of I any. Yeah, I can't think of anything. We'll have, we'll have to ponder that. If we come up with something, we'll... Oh, uh, there's that... Uh... There's that part in uh, Pocahontas. What part? I don't know. Good job, Josh Kane. Uh, I was just making something Excellent. Up. I was trying Excellent to, work. I was trying to think of something where there were guns and arrows. Involved. On this show, you're our ace reporter. Yes. <laughs> like uh, Bill Hader in that one skit where he's like the old man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shoving the microphone up the against the microphone their face. people. Like... <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so... I want to talk about the beast and his transformation back What's into the, the beast's prince. What's the name? Well, first of all, he's not named, and we looked this up before we started recording. He's not named in the movie at all, or the script, or anything. And apparently, there was a CD-ROM trivia game that came out some years after the movie that apparently names him Adam, which I find very interesting. And I find it interesting because um, it, Glenn Keane, you know, animated him as the prince as well. And, you know, he is a he's very astute and he knows his classical art history. And to me, he has a striking resemblance to uh, Michelangelo's statue of David. I think when he comes down from that, you see like his nose and you see when they do that shot of his hand and then his feet very much like David, but then also it reminds me of the Sistine chapel. Um, the one shot that's, that's, you know, the most famous is God reaching down and giving Adam the spark of life. And it's their, you know, fingers about to touch and his hand there and his, his forearm remind me very much of, what we see in this and to me it just screams like oh my gosh this guy just he knows you know he is a great artist and he all the great artists study each other and you know learn from each other and mimic and that knowledge of the human form and how to represent it so beautifully and romantically just comes out in that scene and so to me when he you know becomes a man again it screams adam so or not adam it screams david but it also speaks a little to adam as well so i mean i guess it kind of makes sense but i don't know if that's what they're going for maybe we'll get an actual name in the live action yeah maybe what i'm do we not say sure his name should be, his name should be, should prince be harry. harry prince harry <laughs> <laughs> that'd be hilarious yeah that'd be awesome but you know i i think this movie is fantastic i have my problems with it i don't like that they hadn't gotten to a point with cg animation 
that allowed them to seamlessly bring in a scene like that ballroom scene and not have it to me it stands out like a sore thumb it's way too slick and shiny and pristine and computery oh, dude in br guest you have the exact same thing with those blue cups yeah you've got a lot of it going on in br guest but it's so busy that you're not distracted by oh, it no, it's to just, me it's really when when it's doing like the wallpaper type thing uh-huh. that like took oh me out yeah of it. when like, they're all Ugh. like dancing in opposite yeah directions. it was really yeah. it was really bad it's like Ooh. yeah i mean i that one's not as bad for me because to me the ballroom scene is this you know slick cg scene and then two 2d hand-drawn characters dancing in it and it didn't it just doesn't come off for me i love the colors and the design of it and the lighting it's the texture that is so different than the texture of the rest of the movie that catapults me out of that scene. And so I think they get better and better and better as they go. And then obviously now they just, all they do is use computers. And so texturally things look more consistent now, but you know, it was an important moment in animation history when they did that scene. It, you know, it knocked the socks off a lot of people it's one of the reasons why I got the nod for Best Picture, and I think they got a bunch of technical nominations. I know they won for Best Song. Um, I think they won two Academy Awards. I can't remember what the other one was. But anyway, it's a phenomenal piece, really, and it let us, it continued that Renaissance era and, you know, led us in directly into Aladdin and then Lion King, which I feel is the peak of the Renaissance. I think that's their greatest. Blanking? Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you ready to uh, talk some music? You ready to rank this puppy first? Yeah. Let's do that first. Let's rate it. I went you want to go first? Time. I'll go first. Okay. So this one for me out of five Jiminy Crickets is a solid four, which is pretty high it's on my scale. Praise. Yeah. Not praise. But, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very solid. It's definitely in the top, you know, 25% of all Disney feature animated films for me. But it's not quite that very top tier. It's just under that. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to give this a four. Nice. Um, it's, it's a solid four for me. Two in a row that we're pretty much on the same rating for. Well... We're pretty much the same well, on Moana. here's the thing. Something was brought to my attention with Moana, and I was listening to that soundtrack mm-hmm. today. Yeah. And soundtracks, I think it's great. It is um, great. I agree. Something was brought to my attention, and if I think of the movie this way, then Moana will, unfortunately, it will increase from a three to a four. Nice. So, that's Moana, good. I've given it a retraction <laughs> of my previous three. Awesome. And it is now a four in my book. Well, I'm excited to see it a second time. I, I think I mentioned this during our review, is that the first time I watch any animated movie, I'm so absorbed in the artwork and the visuals that I very oftentimes miss out on story and pacing and sometimes the music, but... I'm going to see it again this weekend, and I'll have a more, you know, well-rounded viewpoint of it. 
So I mine might change too, but I don't know. I don't know. I may, I may see it this weekend. It, it depends. Cool. It's all kind of up in the air if I'm going to go or not. All right. Now, before we go into our top five, I think we should go ahead and have our Beauty and the Beast Thanksgiving drawing. Oh, yeah? What do you think? I mean, we did say at the beginning of the episode they have to wait till the end of the episode. Well, it's a, it's a trick. Oh, See, a trick. we're tricking everybody. I like tricks. Because what they'll do is they'll be like, they'll listen. They'll be like, oh, they'll skip the episode. So if we put it in the middle. Josh Kane, that's devious, and I love it. What, what, what we should do is we should I should cut it into, all right, we're going to talk about Beauty and the Beast and our Thanksgiving <laughs> winner. Yeah, it just cuts straight there, just in the middle of a sentence. Just like, boom. Now let's do it right now, man. Let's do it. Let's do a surprise drawing right now. Now, first, Gavin, do you want to tell everybody what is in on in stakes? Yes, the included in the prize package, uh, specially themed on Beauty and the Beast, is the 25th anniversary edition Blu-ray DVD combo pack. It is a Funko Pop of Lumiere, a Sum Sum of Cogsworth, and a special little piece of art i think it's going to be mrs potts and chip oh just so that kind of has have the whole mrs. Potts and chip i never have before so okay. i think that's what i'm going to include and also of course a first edition animation <laughs> station button yes so it's a pretty good prize package guys okay. I have a bunch in my hand. I'm going to throw them up. Okay. And you're going to grab one. I'm going to grab one right, out of the air? Grab one oh, out this of the is air. exciting. Okay. You ready? Yep. Got it. Okay. And the winner is? The winner is... <laughs> this is great. At the voice of Tim Page. <laughs> <laughs> Tim Page is one of our podcast friends who's part of our network. And this contest was open to anybody, so... He wins it. So congratulations, Tim. Oh. What, are you looking at losers now? That was Leanne Crane. So oh. sorry, Leanne. <laughs> you can get that from Tim. Well, everybody that entered that didn't win, they already know they lost. So if they're listening anyway. So Tim, um, DM us and uh, give us your mailing information and we will send, <laughs> we will send <laughs> that uh, your way. So congratulations, sir. Citizen Disney was also in the throw, but unfortunately did not win either. Mm, all these people that were so close. Anyway, we had a lot of people enter, and we're very grateful Why did I just for do that? I just all of you. I just crumpled that up and threw it on my floor, and now I can't find Dang it. Josh, there are many things on your floor. So. No, there's not. There's a Target. That's a Target bag. Anyway, I'm trying to thank our wonderful listeners. Uh, thank you guys for entering, for posting information about us on your feeds we really appreciate that it just helps us kind of spread the word and then it allows us the chance to give back to you by sending you wonderful prize packages like this one we're going to do many giveaways in the coming months so keep listening for your chance to win we'll probably change up the methodology each time so it doesn't get stale but yeah congrats tim all right top five Let's go. Let's do it. And now for another top five. All right. This week on the top five, we decided to do our top five Disney songs. Disney songs. Yeah. I did something a little bit different. What I decided to do was 
Because honestly, if this would have been my top five, it just would have been Hercules and Lion King. That's all it would have been. (laughs) So I tried to go and make sure that each song is from a different movie. I'm proud of you, Josh. I don't you, know Josh. if you did that. Uh, yes, mine are all okay, from yeah, different movies. Like I said, it would have been it would have been Hercules and yeah. I basically went through and thought of every Disney or Disney Pixar movie and picked my favorite song from each and then ranked my top five out of that list. Oh, so you have some Pixar movies in there, eh? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, so I get to start it off this week. Yep. So my number five. It's from a movie I don't really like. Really? Okay. I don't like the movie, but the song is fantastic. <laughs> it's from Phil Collins. Yes. And it's You'll Be In My Heart. Oh, great that song. That song is so good. It really is. I hate Tarzan. It's garbage. I'm, you know, I was not a fan of it when it came out. I have come around to many parts of it, but the soundtrack See, I've I don't always like, loved. I don't like monkeys. And yeah, gorillas. and skeletons, my... and we know you have weirdnesses, yeah. but that's a fantastic pick. Phil Collins, I didn't think Phil Collins was going to be right for a Disney soundtrack when they announced he was doing that movie, but then I got the soundtrack. It was one of the ones that I got before the movie came out, and I instantly fell in love with yeah, it. The soundtrack fantastic. is amazing on that. I mean, Genesis, y'all. Word. Good pick, Josh. Okay, my number five is a bona fide classic from 1946. This is basically runner-up to being considered the Disney theme song. Oh, God. It's Zippity-Doo-Dah. Oh, okay, never mind. What did you think it was going to be? I thought it was going to be the stupid one that the cricket sings. Well, that is the That's your number one, one, I know. Anyway, uh, written by Ali Rubel and Ray Gilbert and performed in the movie by James Baskett. It is also on the AFI list of the 100 greatest movie songs at number 47. What's the, is that? The American Film Institute? No, 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 the, the movie. Song of the South. South? Yes, sir. Never seen Song of the South. Most people of your generation or younger haven't, unless you know your family owned it before it was permanently taken off the shelf. Actually, that's how I've seen it: is the Japanese laser disc. (laughs) It would. My friend has a transfer onto DVD from the Japanese. Japanese? It's subtitled in Japanese, so it's the English soundtrack. That would be awesome to watch. So you just see the kanji or whatever down below, and no, it's it's. I think it's a wonderful film i understand the you know tension about it but let's not get sidetracked with that but the song the song is iconic all right so for my number four okay i went to a little little movie called mulan Mm, i knew you'd have some mulan on there which one do you think it is I think it's I'll the, Make a Man Out of You. The one that I sing all the time, I'll Make a Man Out of You? Mm-hmm. No, it's actually Reflection. Nice. Only That's the because, best song in the movie. Only, mm, only because <laughs> Oh. you have that, like, uh, when she's singing the song, she's walking up and she's going to her ancestors' graves, and there's the polished stone. Are they graves, or are they just, like, the like little grave, altars or like memorials? Okay. Yeah. And like she's walking past those, and you see her. It's like the polished marble, and you see see her her reflection reflection through there. And she does that really cool scene where she's singing in front of it, Mm -hmm. and she takes her, uh, I think it's like her kimono sleeve, and she like wipes 
half of it, and she's got half of her makeup face and half of her yeah. you know, unmakeup face. That right there is so – my only wish in that mm-hmm. is that it instead of would have been perfect if it would have been smeared. Uh, Just like yeah. where the where the crease is, the if that would have been is, a little yeah. bit smeary and like her – that would have been super cool. But, you know, I wasn't around. You weren't around to advise I wasn't them. around to do that back yeah. then because I, I would have been like, hey, scene. do that. Um, that's another good pick. I, I think that's a fantastic song. Good job. All right, so my number four is from Pixar, and it's what I consider the Pixar theme song. It's from Toy Story. It's You've Got a Friend in Me by none by other Randy than Newman. Randy Newman. He you also performs it in the movie, obviously. And, uh, I mean, he wrote he wrote and composed the music for that movie. He's done a lot of the Pixar scores, even. He, he's, he's kind of like their um, John Williams or their... Danny Elfman, like he's done a lot of their music, so. Okay. Randy Newman, good, great songwriter. Not the greatest I thought, singer. I thought he was gonna be higher on your list. I oh thought, really? I thought Toy Story was gonna be like number two. Hmm. Because well, I have an idea is, what I have an the, idea where your number one is. Yeah. Well, but, this is a very very tough list for me. I mean, all of these, like two through five, are really kind of tied. All of mine are Renaissance. I'm not surprised by that's that. That's all. But that's fine. Great music during the '90s. Um, my number three. Going to be from Disney's Aladdin. Ooh, nice. It's going to be A Whole New World. Excellent. Yep. And you could have sang A Whole New World with, what's his face? Uh, Brad Kane. You could have sang A Whole New World yeah. with Brad Kane at D23. Yep. And you didn't. I didn't. You I, could have been Jasmine. I didn't if he's have there, the guts. If he's there again, I will be Jasmine. Okay. Actually, I will film it. Actually, Liam. This is a challenge yeah, he's to the Liam. Singer. I want you to be my Aladdin. <laughs> I'll be Jasmine. Oh, okay. I can't hit those notes, but <laughs> I can falsetto the crap out of it. Nice. I would really like to see this happen, actually. So we need to get you guys together. Maybe we do it in Aladdin's Oasis at Disneyland. <laughs> get you guys singing. Get a crowd around you. Oh, this is this is gonna be awesome. I can't wait for this. See, I'm trying to bury the hatchet. <laughs> bury the hatchet. That's nice. I like it. Good pick. So, we're on three, right? Okay, my number three, I'm jumping back to the 60s. 1967's Jungle Book, The Bear Necessities, sung by Phil Harris and Bruce Reitherman. That's Baloo and Mowgli. And uh, written by Terry Gilkison. I thought you were going to say Gilliam. No, no, that would be amazing. That would be amazing. No, I think that is one of the most iconic Disney songs. It's my favorite song in that movie, and it's catchy as all get out. It's an earworm, is what they call that. Sticks sure. in your ear. Not the version by Bill Murray. Do you do you not like the Bare Necessities? Challenge? I don't like the Jungle Book at all. Why? I said why I don't like the Jungle. Like why why I don't like Tarzan. I don't like oh, monkeys. Oh, you don't like monkeys. And monkeys are in the jungle. Monkeys play a heavy so scene. So why do you like jungle. Aladdin then? I don't like Aladdin that much. Why do you like Lion King? There's a monkey in that. Rafiki. I, I don't like. He's a baboon. I don't. Which is the monkey? I don't. He's a primate. Uh, I don't like. Oh my gosh. He's just a, whatever. I I really don't like Rafiki. Rafiki's my least favorite character in that movie. I like the Ooh, three weird. hyenas better than I like Rafiki. That's fine. He's like, three. I'm like whatever, bro. Shut up. <laughs> 
Man, so <laughs> mean about the monkeys. Oh, I hate them. He's um, got the monkeys. Let's see the monkeys. Oh, God, no. <laughs> um, that did not make my list. Sorry, go. Um, my number two. This was a toughie. Of all the songs from Disney's Hercules, oh. that could have been at number two. Mm-hmm. I went with Meg's song. Uh, Can't say I'm in love. Yep. That's... Or I won't say I'm in love. I won't say I'm in love. Yeah, I won't say I'm in love. Yeah. That's that would be my pick too. That that's mm. close second love on that it. list. Love it. Was Zero to Hero because I well, love Zero oh, gosh, to Hero. But then there's Go the Distance. My only problem with Go to Distance is it's too short. It's like 30 seconds of singing. Yeah, but that's it's the so only good. problem with Go the Distance. Yeah, I think that's my. Um, and the very the first one, like what's the that. what's the first song that the muses sing? Um, what's it called? That one, whatever that one is. But yeah, I can't remember what it's called. That anyway. All of that Hercules bit totally could have been in there, but mm-hmm. I went with Meg's just because. It's, I've listened to that more than the other ones. Yeah, it's a good pick. I like Thank that. You. As you know, I also love the Hercules soundtrack. All in all, it, it is still my favorite Disney soundtrack. Nice, stellar. All right, number two. You're number two. This is my one and only pick from the Renaissance years, and because I was trying to hit all the different eras, and like I said, I was trying to rank all my. You know, like my favorite song from each movie. I haven't movie. done the 80s so, yet, so... Well, we're about to. Oh, okay. So I weighed all of those fantastic Renaissance songs against one another. And to me, the one that still stands tallest and truest is really the original from Little Mermaid, Part of Your World. Okay. And Jody Benson's performance of it, which is so perfectly emotional and passionate and also like naive and innocent is just wonderful the the songwriting on that is one of the things that propelled all of that movie um even back during production like it was one of the things that they pre-screened for people was just rough drawings and that song recording and people were moved to tears just just by that alone and so it really kind of drove them to and encourage those creators to know that, okay, we're on to something here. Let's build around this. And it, you know, became, I mean, the whole soundtrack is iconic, but to me, part of your world is still the, the single best little nugget from the Renaissance era. Okay. I love it. Um, all written by Mankin and Ashman. So who we've Mankin. talked about a lot tonight. They're amazing. Okay. Before I hit my one, I've got my honorable mentions. Okay. So, my honorable mentions start off in no particular order. Um, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Shocker. Be Our Guest. Yes. The only really... Uh, That's the big song. standout the song, big I think, yeah. I mean, a lot of people would say the, uh, the bonjour, Tale as Old as Time. The Bonjour one's or pretty. Beauty I like and the that Beast. one, too. Yeah. Um, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. <laughs> yeah, nice song. So, love that. It's a good one. Um, Colors of the Wind. Yeah. Really good. Very good. Um, the Beauty and the Beast. Uh, Prince mm-hmm. Ali. Mm-hmm. Good Be one. Prepared. Yes, greatest villain song of all. Zero to Hero. Yes, more Hercules. My favorite Tangled song, I See the Light. Good pick. Um, then, 
Mother Knows Best from Tango. <laughs> I love that song so Another much. Another good one. I do too. You you get this like you can you get this sense of the character right there. Oh yeah. She's and, manipulative. And, and, every, and the manipulation and, and everything that uh, she's done to Rapunzel. Yep. You get it right there in that one song, and you oh, yeah. see so well. It's so good. It is good. And then this may be a shock to you, mm-hmm. but Hellfire. From the Hunchback oh, of Notre Dame. No, I do not a, like the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I'm not surprised by that. But There's probably, I think the Hellfire song. You probably have a thing with gargoyles or something. Yeah, they look like monkeys. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, like, it's it's very, like, Vatican-y, almost Spanish Inquisition-y, that song. It's dark. And it's, 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 it's a really yeah. dark song, and it's so good. It's, yeah. And it's coming as a little dark. church boy see that i'm like Ooh. you got that got the um, chills that whole like gallery of like, yeah the gallery red robed of, like, the... demons or something I, like i think those are just judging him i think those are like people of the church maybe i mean he's not in the church and he's a judge it's not like he's a priest or anything well i mean i think i think, I think that's those times, just like were... judgment eh, i don't know in, in any case that is the that is one of the darkest well, I mean, Disney I, I only, scenes I only of say, all. I put that on there just because he's basically singing about how this woman, this gypsy woman, yeah. pretty much like is of the devil almost and mm-hmm. bewitched him. Yeah. And so he's trying and he's to play saying either, this off. either give her to me to have or kill her yeah. is basically what he's it's pleading. A, it's a, it's a oh, great song. Darkness. Yeah, that's, man. I completely forgot about that one yeah. until I was like... What are Disney songs? And I was like flipping through, and I was like, "There's that one song that mm-hmm. I really like." So I actually pulled the Hunter back of Notre Dame soundtrack. And yeah. I was, you know, flipping through, and I'm like, "No, no, no!" There it, there is. it is. Found it. <laughs> That's a good one, man. So my number one, okay, was a toss-up. Ooh. Is Disney's The Lion King? Okay. Now the toss-up was what the song was gonna be. Right. Since that's what we're picking. I did not go, well, but it was the song for the Lion King. Was I gonna go? Oh, uh, which Lion King? Was I gonna song? go Elton John, mm-hmm. or am I gonna go the song that sets up the movie? Like it is, the, it is the greatest opening the song. The opening of all song, and Disney. it sets the whole tone for the movie. Yep. I went with the Elton John, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with Can You Feel the Love Tonight? Circle of Life. It was this close. Very close, I, like, yeah. And if you look, Circle of Life was number one until we started this, and I used your red pen to swap them out. Oh, That's Circle of Life. game time decision. Made it all day oh, until man. we sat down. Can You Feel the Love Tonight gets the starting slot from the head coach, Josh Kane. Do you want to know why Can You Feel the Love Tonight won? It's a uh, love song. It's a love song. Oh, and it's there's Elton there's John. lion licking. And there's a lion lick. <laughs> That's the whole reason yes. right there at one. We got that lion lick. Uh, good pick, Josh. Nice. Okay, so my honorable mentions in no particular order are Bella Note from Lady and the Tramp, classic. Is that the one where they eat spaghetti? Yeah, and they they eat the one noodle and they kiss. Oh, it's so adorable. Puppy dog kiss. Uh, a dream is a wish your heart makes from Cinderella. My Lion King song is Hakuna Matata. I know you're not a big Timon and Pumbaa guy, but to me, that's the that's the most delightful song in there. I love it. 
Um, Colors of the Wind, I also picked, although uh, Around the River Bend was really close for yeah. me. That's, that's a really good one, too. Reflection from Mulan. If I Didn't Have You from Monsters, Inc., which I adore. It's only an instrumental in the movie, but in the credits, um, John Goodman and Billy Crystal sing the lyrics to it, and it's delightful. I love it. For it. Also, the Podcateers do a cover version of it, and it's quite good nice. as well. Shout out to the Podcateers. Uh, Once Upon a Dream from Sleeping Beauty, which that's a cheat because it's it's Tchaikovsky's Sleeping Beauty waltz. They just gave words to it, and Tchaikovsky's a straight-up genius. So um, I didn't include that one because they only wrote the words. Uh, Be Our Guest from tonight's movie, Beauty and the Beast. Fantastic movie. So far, our honorable mentions are pretty similar. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Although I, I have a lot of older ones than you do. So, like this next one from Robin Hood, Not in Nottingham, which is a beautiful, sad, oh, that's poignant the sad song. One. Yeah, but I love it. It's it's great. Uh, my Aladdin pick is A Whole New World. Yeah. So, yeah, Jasmine, Aladdin, you, and Liam. Yes. Yeah, I like it. I picked Go the Distance from Hercules. Uh, I see the light from Tangled, and I'm I don't care. The song still stands up. Let it go from Frozen. That's an honorable mention for me. I can. It's a fantastic song. I don't I don't care. It's a fantastic song. All right. I don't think the movie's that great, but the, <laughs> that song is great. Okay, so my number one is the Disney theme song. Yeah, it's, it's, only cause it's from Frickinson. my very favorite Disney movie, Pinocchio, from 1940, sung by Cliff Edwards, written by Lee Harley and Ned Washington, none other than When You Wish Upon a Star. And that is, to me, the movie that, or the song that sets the tone for all of the Disney music. I mean, it, it well, yeah, basically it's gives in you. Well, I mean, yeah, it was. It kind of was the was tone long. for the yeah, home video to thing. Forward to. But I mean, I just feel like it. It really kind of sets the bar for all of the wonderful, hopeful, wishful, magical things that we're gonna write in Disney songs for decades to come. And I don't know. I think it's beautiful. I love the vocal performance on it. It's just so heartfelt. And it is very much of its time. You know, the 40s is like a different world completely. But I don't know. There's something universal about it as well that comes through today. And I still find that music that music and that movie totally captivating and legitimate and masterful. When did that movie come out? 1940. During the war. Uh, yes. Yes. We we weren't in it yet, though. No. So. We wait until December of the next year. Yeah. Infamous. Anyway, on a very dark note. Bro, are, are we going to end? <laughs> what? Come on. Uh, but no, yeah. We would like to. I, I want to thank. Gavin got to thank all the listeners for the Thanksgiving away. I want to thank all of our listeners, too, mm-hmm. in all of the countries. Yeah, our, we're in lots of countries. Our wonderful listeners in the United States. Yep. Canada. Yep. Um, our wonderful listeners in Germany, mm-hmm. the UK, mm-hmm. our Aussies out there. Uh, lots of Aussies we got listening. lots of Aussies. Yeah, they're, kind, uh, they're our strongest contingent outside of the U.S., I believe, right? Yes. Nice. It, uh, yeah, it goes... What is it? Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Yeah. Um, Jeez. <laughs> we know stuff. Yeah, we. Pretend. Argentina's on the list. Argentina's on the list. Israel is on yes, the list. Yes, Israel. Um, 
Iran. Iran's yeah. on the list it's too. Also on our yes. List. Wow. Uh, We've got some. Is there one other country? Well, the thing says two under other countries. Oh yeah, it doesn't define what. what So it could be Fiji. So you other countries out there. It could be Luxembourg. Um, Pretty sure it would show Luxembourg. You think so? I mean, it's just a city state, so maybe. I'm sure it would show Liechtenstein. Maybe. Shout out to everyone Hmm. in Liechtenstein. I don't know. It, it could be the moon. I mean, we don't know. It just says other regions, right? It doesn't even say... Oh, it does say regions. Terrestrial Maybe countries. it's our Antarctic person. Oh, I hope it's a scientist in an Arctic lab. That would be cool. Or Antarctic lab. Yeah, Arctic's up north. Yeah, are there any Arctic labs? I just know the ones on Antarctica. I mean, there's the North Pole. Well, Santa. that's Santa's workshop. It's not a lab. Santa's not real, Gavin. Um... You're supposed to go, what? <laughs> like, oh, so, are we going to tell everybody that psych, they need to actually go back and listen to the whole episode to get the uh, giveaway winner? Yeah, we, we put it somewhere in the episode, guys. You're going to have to find it. Made you listen. Uh, <laughs> all right. My name's Josh. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh L. Kane. My name is Gavin. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gavin Audison Art. You can find the podcast on Instagram at Animation Station Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Animate Podcast on the World Wide Web at WorldWideWeb.AnimationStationPodcast.com. Oh um, you can find us on Tumblr. Yeah. I am to go after Tumblr. No, don't go look for us on Tumblr. There's nothing there. Yeah, you can tumble us. No, all of our Instagram posts go through Tumble. Oh, they do? They get tumbled. They oh, tumble okay. around that dryer. Oh, there we go. Uh, that's at Animation Station Podcast. Nice. And you can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Everywhere, basically. You can't miss us, people. And be sure and listen to our other awesome podcasts. Um, Shaun of the Gathering. Getting into comments with Tim Page. Which... Who knows? Think, Maybe he'll come back to it. I think both of those are kind of like on hiatus right on now, hiatus. right? Yeah. But they have their full catalogs available. Is yes. that right? So you can still listen to their episodes. Yes. Okay. Cool. Yeah, especially like getting into uh, com- getting into Tim Page with comics. Yeah. Getting into comics with <laughs> getting Tim into Page. Tim. Uh, go see our awesome friends Liam DeCosmo and Brittany DeCosmo at Cloud City Cast. Cloud City Cast. They give you lots of content, three episodes a week. It's my, ridiculous. My goodness. Yes. But I hear it may be getting a bit too much for them. They may be going oh my to gosh. two episodes this is lame. a week. <laughs> Just when you bury the hatchet. <laughs> I know. Lame. All right, guys. So for the Animation Station podcast. You always sound worn out when you close. You're just like, oh, well... For the Animation Podcast. For the Animation Station Podcast, guys, I'm Josh, and you guys have a great day. Much better. I hate so much. (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Animation Station Podcast. 
Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Animation Station Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Animate Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes and join the conversation at SecretSuperheroClub.com where you can connect with our podcast friends, Cloud City Cast, Getting Into Comics, and Sean of the Gathering. 